Welcome to podcast number 35, Gospel Living, In or Out. I am your host, Damon Soka. Now, up until now, this podcast has been focused on the difficulties of suffering a mental illness and also being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ or Latter-day Saints. I'm the first to admit that mental illness can and does seriously affect our ability to function within the gospel. Now, whether it is difficult spiritual communications, lack of desire, inability for us to social well, function socially. Now, I think I've covered the topic fairly well in the last few episodes. There is no doubt in my mind that the gospel poses some challenges to someone who is suffering. But even with those challenges, the gospel actually provides the best environment for those who suffer mental illness. So while it may be difficult to live the gospel with a mental illness, it is by far even more difficult to live without the gospel. The Gospel and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is really the best place to be when you suffer with a mental illness. Now, I know that there might be a few of you out there who are quite skeptical about my conclusions. However, it has been my experience in life that those people who do their best, remain members of the Church, and work to manage their illness within the boundaries of the Gospel actually fare much better than those who do not. Now, I do realize that there are members of the Church who are trying, who are doing what they can, who suffer, and who suffer, who do commit suicide and still have great difficulties. And I really am not trying to minimize those problems with this podcast. I'm not saying that membership and everything that comes with it doesn't create some stress, and stress adds to the suffering. I do understand those points, and I actually have made them over the last many episodes of this podcast. What I am saying is that if you were to choose an environment where someone might find the support, stability, and, let's say, energy they need to manage their disorder, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is actually one of the best. If you truly take an outward to inside look at the church and how it functions, the standards it espouses, the social stability it can provide, then even a professional in this industry would have to admit that they could not provide better for those who need help. I know that through the past episodes, I've noted several difficulties individuals face while living the gospel. I know these difficulties intimately and have faced them while a member of the church. Someone who is suffering is going to have difficulties living the gospel. However, if you remove the church or to walk away from the church because of those difficulties, you would not find that the difficulties would get any easier. In fact, they get far more, they actually become far more increasingly difficult. Now, while we may not recognize it on a regular basis, or perhaps even at all, there are some unique things that occur as members of the church. More often than not, we do not recognize them until after we have strayed out from underneath the Lord's umbrella and found out for ourselves. Now, I like to talk about the Lord's umbrella rather than a hen and chicks metaphor. But in my mind, the symbols are the same. As members of the church who are trying to work through life based on gospel principles, given serious weaknesses, as long as we are trying, repenting, and working towards celestial life, we are actually promised some very unique blessings. The first of those blessings that often we don't really talk about are the ones under the Lord's protective umbrella. The Lord's umbrella is simply those blessings of protection from harm, spiritually and physically, based on the Lord's foreknowledge of Lucifer and his and the Lord's ability to direct our lives and the lives of others. This protective umbrella works to our advantage if we remain under its covering. 
Even if we struggle with hearing the Lord, the Lord does have the ability to direct our lives away from experiences, people, events that would be damaging to us spiritually and physically. There is a protection by simply living the gospel that the Lord provides on a regular basis. Lucifer would attempt to make our lives far more miserable if he had the chance. But as long as we remain under the protection of the Lord, the Lord can tailor these experiences that we have in this life and allow Lucifer to test and try us only to the point that the Lord desires. Now, the gospel provides this unique protection. and I don't think that we as natural men and women understand how much protection he really provides until we step out from under that umbrella. Even stepping out from under the umbrella, the Lord seems to watch after us for a time, hoping that we will return. However, if we don't, his protection can only last so long. Eventually, justice requires that the protective barrier be removed, and then the individual is placed in a position to feel the full force of the world and of Lucifer. Now, this protective barrier is not a one-size-fits-all type of protection. It is going to be tailored to the person and their needs. If you suffer from mental illness, then the Lord tailors his barrier to fit your needs and can and often does provide additional help that we don't even recognize as him. So when I say that living outside the gospel is a dangerous place, I mean that it is going to be detrimental to your health, mentally and physically. Within the boundaries of the gospel, the Lord can provide assistance to your needs and provide many things even without you directly asking for them. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that throughout your day, the Lord can lessen the effects of the illness, really without you noticing it. You might think that you're just having a better day of it, but the reality is, is the Lord is providing for your additional help through the power of grace. Grace is simply an endowment of power from the Lord to help you in your weaknesses, calling, service, obedience, and in general, the gospel. Its intent is to allow you to feel and see the blessings of living the gospel to provide additional aid and support spiritually and physically, and to have the power to overcome difficulties you would not be able to on your own. There are certainly other benefits, but for today's episode, my pseudo-definition is going to suffice. The Lord can provide all manner of help, and I will say that he does in small and simple ways, so that you can still learn from your weaknesses without being overwhelmed by it. I know that this protection might not seem as real to someone who has lost a loved one due to suicide, drug abuse, and perhaps various other problems of mental illness. I guess the question is, is where was their protection? I have a personal belief that the protection always exists while we are trying to live the gospel, even when we are failing more than succeeding. I also understand that sometimes people walk out from under that protection without a full understanding and then find themselves in a road that seems to only have one end. One thing that is important to note is that the protective barrier of the Lord must still allow for testing and trials. We cannot be fully insulated from evil or temptation, even if our experiences are tailored. The Lord must allow for full agency, not partial. So while we are under the protection, we are still going to feel some rain and wind once in a while. The one thing I can tell anyone who is wondering about the gospel and whether they should remain within the umbrella is that the possibility of managing the illness drops significantly the longer one is out from underneath the protection of the Lord. You are far better off with the protection and with the protection and the trials and testing of the Lord than out of the protection where you will face the full breadth and depth of Lucifer's designs. Now the protective barrier of the Lord is one of the most valuable things in the gospel you can have with your mental illness, but there are other things that can be just as important to one who is suffering. 
Now, the first of these is actually kind of a double-edged sword, but important. That is the social network of good people within the church. While mental illness does not lend itself to building large social networks or even small ones sometimes, being within the boundaries of the church and doing one's best still provides for a safety net of people who care and who also have good intentions. You may not even get along with some of your leaders and people in the church, but I can tell you that they would probably be there for you if you asked for a blessing. You may only say hi to a few people a week in the church, and maybe you only know a few. Maybe one will stop and talk with you for a few minutes. But I think that the pandemic has driven home how important these small conversations and meetings are to our mental illness. I am sure that many of you have suffered a loss of connection and a deepening of the illnesses that come with mental illness. Some of this is going to be due to the loss of that human connection and those small social things that occur at every meeting. It is important to note that these people, as weak and as imperfect as they are, possess a certain set of standards and understanding of the gospel of Christ. While they may not love perfectly, they understand more than most of the world, actually. There is no better support group, even when they are a little off at times. Now, I know that sometimes we look at those friends outside of our church who are more accepting of lower standards. Uh, But I can tell you that lower standards simply are not helpful to a mental illness. Engaging in intimate relationships, drug and alcohol use, living outside of many of the standards of the church will actually cause the mental illness to develop in damaging ways that will not be helpful to you in your overall recovery. So while these friends may be perceived to be more accepting of you, the the road they offer is not going to grant a greater happiness, and it is very likely to invite more misery. Now, is this going to come upon you right away? Probably not, but in time you will notice that you are simply more miserable outside of the gospel. Now, my thoughts on church social network is that it is certainly a faulty network of peer pressures, guilt trips. It lacks language and social skills, but it is by far the best network one can probably find on the earth. Yes, you're going to have issues with the social network of the church. This is the double-edged sword effect, and sometimes serious issues with it. But ultimately, it will be one of the best things for your illness. I wouldn't discount for a minute the value of a loving network of friends and family, and even a set of flawed friends and family. I know sometimes that the grass looks far greener in other pastures, but you will find that true happiness, however limited by the illness, will always be found within the boundaries of the gospel. The happiness you will find without doesn't last and will eventually bring a greater development of the illness into your life. Now, beyond the network support, it's important to remember that the church does teach the true nature of God. I know that many times it is difficult to feel, remember, and even believe in a God that exists, but at other times it's not going to be. There is no more comforting doctrine in the church that we have a loving Father who cares for us deeply and is intimately involved in our lives as his children. Yes, it is true that many religions believe in a loving God, but not too many teaches the parent-child relationship as does the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We do believe that our Father in Heaven does speak with us personally and that his only true nature is to help us to become as he is. We are taught that not only our Father and Savior have great concerns for our welfare, but so do our ancestors and those who have come before us. I believe we have a large network of people beyond the veil who look in on us from time to time. Now, I assume that most of the time when they visit, 
it's during our, one of, during some of our more difficult moments. Now, I often look at this as similar to the angel who visited Christ in the garden, strengthening him. These people are very concerned for our physical welfare and spiritually and desire that we really overcome our weaknesses to the best of our ability with the help of the Lord. I believe that they do come at moments when we really need strength, wisdom, love, and understanding. Most of all, comfort. I know that I have actually felt them at times, and it makes me smile when I remember those moments. Now, I also understand that when the darkness descends and it's almost impossible to hear the voice of the Lord, that believing in a God becomes the most difficult. I know that our Father in Heaven understands this problem fully and has made accommodations for it. I know that He hears prayers that come from the depths of the soul, and I know that He does hear prayers even when the illness doesn't allow for much faith. I know that he's answered prayers that I have probably never uttered consciously. When I've been in those moments of deep despair, I haven't always felt much of a spiritual presence. I don't think that anybody really does. I didn't feel like God really existed or cared much about me. I even gave up sometimes on the existence of a God, perhaps only in the sense that I really couldn't feel anything spiritual. I often felt alone and lost almost as if I was being punished. Now, I know that many of you might have felt the same. I know that walking away from the gospel at that point doesn't seem to make much of a difference. I know that walking away from the pressures associated with this peer group and social network in the church would seem to make things easier for a time. But the reality is, is that walking away from this network, however flawed the network may be, and the umbrella of the Lord and his protections actually will place you in a most desperate situation. One where Lucifer and the world can lead you about where they desire, most often into forbidden paths and much lonelier roads. It is difficult to go to church, pray, read scriptures, and do almost anything spiritual. I don't think that the difficulty of mental illness is lost on the Lord. He fully understands what we pass through. Now, for me, there were times I asked for a priesthood blessing of relief. And for me, the symptoms would ease almost every time that I asked. Probably not always in the way or in the amount, but they did ease. Now, I often ask through prayer, and even those moments, the Lord does provide strength. Maybe not the strength, again, the strength or the miracle I wanted, but strength enough to get through the moment. There have been times when strength simply has been given because I was trying to do what I should be doing. Certainly there were times when I didn't go to church and didn't read and perhaps didn't pray as much as I should. And I believe that due to the illness, the Lord continues to be merciful. I think the most important thing I could say about these moments was that passing through them with some idea that a father in heaven and others were concerned for me was far better than passing through them alone. There is no disadvantage to believing in a loving God, but there is great disadvantage to walking away from his desire to help you. The reality is that while you might not be able to do those things you would like to do spiritually because because the illness doesn't allow for it, the Lord doesn't punish anyone who is suffering and trying. Even if trying means only a few short sentences of prayer before you go to sleep or when you wake up, the Lord doesn't punish or even consider it sin if you can't go to church or can't read or can barely pray because of it. Due to the illness, you really can't be held to the same level of engagement as others do. 
Now I realize that I have previously mentioned this, but it's important to remember that the church also has the priesthood and its ability to provide for blessings. I have said this in the past episode, in past episodes many times. You can ask for more than one blessing for a chronic condition. The Lord, I don't think, is ever displeased with someone who is trying and is asking for help. Asking for a priesthood blessing is actually a true sign of humility and understanding. I've never found the Lord to say, well, you already reached your quota of blessings for this month. Or, sorry, I have given you the help I can for the week. The rest is on your own. There are some in the church who would say that one blessing is enough for one illness and you need to act on faith. I do agree to this to some extent. Getting a blessing every day for the same illness may not is probably not the best approach or use of the priesthood. But obtaining periodic blessings when the depression or anxiety has worsened or has come upon you and is, and is a serious concern in your life is not an issue for the Lord. Sometimes you may simply need a blessing of comfort rather than one of healing. My reality would say that there really isn't much difference in the sense of healing abilities, but it may make sense for the moment for which you are passing. The Lord is desirous to bless those who suffer and to provide healing to the extent he can based on faith and the purpose of the illness. Now, he may not be able to relieve you of the illness because of its value in your life, but he can likely ease ease the symptoms for a time. Now, someone might say, "But but don't you need faith to be healed? Yes, you do, but the Lord can work by the faith you have when you're not affected by the illness, rather than the lack of faith perhaps in the moment of the blessing. The Lord knows your faith, and that the illness diminishes faith and spiritual things dramatically sometimes. The Lord doesn't just see the moment, but he definitely sees the whole picture of the person. When I think about the gospel, I realize that it's demanding in many ways, and can certainly add stress to an already difficult illness. Meetings, visits, individual effort, and so many other concerns seem to add to an already difficult burden. But it is important to remember that the gospel is meant to be tailored to what you are able to accomplish. The missing of a week of church due to the effects of the illness is not sin. Ministering by phone or social media is not a partial visit. A few scriptures and a short prayer are just as good as an hour of study and thoughtful meditation, if that is what you can do. The gospel, in many ways, should not provide the stress that it does to a mental illness. In fact, it should be a far greater support to those who suffer its effects. Given the protection provided by the Lord and the social and priesthood blessings of the church, it is actually probably one of the best places one can be. It is also important to remember that each of us has been given unique situations in which we are asked to live the gospel. My living the gospel version is likely not to be yours, and of course, the other way around. The Lord expects that we're going to work with what we've been given and also be grateful for what we have. And now I know that it can be difficult to be grateful for trials, especially in the midst of one. But if the Lord has found you worthy of this trial, then likely you have proven your worth in other areas. My final note in today's episode is the same as when I started. Being a member of the Lord's true church provides for significant blessings to those who are suffering, and there really exists no disadvantage to living outside of the gospel plan. That's it for today. Now, remember the Lord does require the fight, no matter how small, and then he can do do his part. And if you found some inspiration or ideas or thoughts, pass this along to someone else who you think it might help. Well, talk to you next week.